to Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, Noel T. Manning II here coming to you from the C-19 TV studios, uh, Cleveland Community College. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out, spending time with us, trying to figure out this whole movie thing. And we're still trying to figure it out as well. Uh, hanging out over side camera one, uh, Montgomery Scott. And if anybody can figure things out, it's Montgomery Scott. That's kind of an obscure reference these days, right? <laughs> it really is. Do you know who's... Montgomery Scotty? Uh, no, I'm sorry, a little bit before Scotty? my time. Yeah. Scotty? I don't know. No, no. Um, Star Trek. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you use the first name, and a lot of people don't know. I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty! If you just say Scotty, people will get it. Yeah. Meet me up Montgomery doesn't have the same No, it ring, really doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. That is Greg Tillman. Uh, we've got Thomas Manning uh, over here uh, beside me, hanging out, talking movies again. Glad to have you back. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks uh, for Millennium having Falcon. Yeah. We were kind of cross-referencing Star Trek and the Millennium Falcon. That's a whole it different really thing. Work. Yeah. And, you know, back on the Tim cam, uh, we've, we've actually got a special guest. Yeah. It's uh, the Bill cam. Tim, today. let's go to the Bill cam. The Bill cam? Not, no, the Bill cam. Where's the Bill cam? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Bill, he does, Bill doesn't the direct the show yeah, for us well, all well, that often. Well, Bill Harrelson's back there on the Tim cam. He's not sure which camera to go to. But try, try number five, Bill. Try, try number five. Camera five. That's camera not five. it. That's not not it. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, it there it is. It's going to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Harrelson, thank you for, uh, for uh, pitch hitting. For, you know, we didn't uh, think we'd miss Tim. <laughs> we really didn't. <laughs> well, we do. Tim is out on a cruise ship somewhere yeah, again, yeah. and so uh, we, we recruited Bill, and we do appreciate Bill. Bill did this for us a year or two ago, Yeah, and, and, and it shows. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. He's loving every minute. He is loving every minute of it. Well, uh, let's dive into the show. We do appreciate you uh, spending time with us. You can uh, find us uh, on uh, Spectrum Cable at Channel 19, C19. But if you want to look online for this show and any of the others, that's c19.tv. And if you want to download the podcast, that's wgwg.org. Uh, since we last met, there have been a couple of Hollywood deaths. And uh, whenever uh, we have these, we do like to kind of do our farewells uh, and uh, remembrance items. And uh, Peter Fonda uh, passed away since last we had a chance to spend time together. 79 years old, uh, 116 acting credits. Really? Yeah, just acting credits, 116 over the course of his career uh, for film and TV. Of course, Easy Rider is the film that everybody yeah. uh, knows him for. Uh, that was back in 1969, and we talked about that recently when we were looking at the films that were 50 years old uh, this year, and that was one we talked about. That but, changed uh, Hollywood, really. Yeah, it really did. It and, ushered um, in the, uh, the 70s uh, young filmmakers. Yeah, Spielberg, yeah. Coppola, Scorsese. Absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was pretty amazing. And, you know, talk about his family. I mean, Henry yeah. Fonda, his yeah. dad, Jane Fonda, his sister, and then uh, even his daughter, Bridget, yeah. uh, got into the film industry as well. And, uh, you know, we really thought she was going to be a huge star, but I think she yeah. decided to kind of step back. She's done some producing, but we don't see her in front of the screen. Is that like what's going on? Because she, yeah. she's very talented and very yeah. charming on oh, camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. But talk um, about Hollywood royalty. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, sorry to see him pass away, but in you know recent years, he's been doing a lot of guest appearances 
uh, on TV shows like The Blacklist, uh, CSI, uh, Hawaii Five-O. So he's continued to uh, to make himself seen, uh, but he passed away at the age of 79. Yeah. So any comments or thoughts? I, I've never seen Easy Rider. Really? I don't. I've, I've seen him in one feature film in the theater, and that was Future World, the sequel to Westworld. Yes, yes. That? And it was pretty good. It was good. People remember Westworld, of course. Yep. Particularly after the revival of HBO, right. Future World was yeah, I agree. That is good. I that agree. Good. Yeah. And, and Thomas, uh, you never saw Easy Rider. Uh, no, unfortunately not. But you but saw him probably on the blacklist. I think I did see him on the blacklist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a great show. And uh, I think I can't remember the character he played on there, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with him. From there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, all sure. I have to say. <laughs> There's a great book that was out about 15 years ago, and I have a copy if you or anybody wants to borrow it, uh, called Easy Rider Raging Bull. And it's about that period of the late 60s, early 70s Hollywood when things were changing from the old ways it was done, the old types of films that were being made to the, to the new generation. It's, it's a fascinating book. Peter Fonda uh, yeah. um, passed away at 79. Another uh, uh, loss to the film industry, uh, Richard Williams uh, passed away at the age of 86. And he was this groundbreaking um, animation director for the film uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Received an Oscar for that and also a special recognition Oscar as well that same year for what he was uh, able to do. He was a director, producer, uh, he was also a, an author and a professor. Um, three Oscars to his name and three BAFTA awards. And also if you, uh, anybody that saw the Pink Panther uh, TV shows and the Pink Panther films, there was always an animated sequence. Right. He was responsible for those animated sequences uh, within those films, and so uh, Richard Williams uh, passed away, and uh, uh, you know his his work uh, and and the things he did for the animation industry pretty amazing. And he actually has a whole series uh, of um, animation, uh, I guess, uh, teachings, lectures on how anybody who anybody can become an animator. And so uh, those are available out there if you want to want to check that out. So Richard Williams uh, passed away at. 86. Roger Rabbit's still fascinating to watch, isn't it? It really is. Uh, I, and I remember seeing it on the big screen for the first time yeah. and just being blown away by it because of the almost the seamless interaction between animation and live action, yeah. which I don't know that I had seen done quite that well before. But to see it done this way, it, it really was, it was seamless. Yeah. I mean, it, it just felt as if you were watching these things that were organically there, they just looked different. Yeah, and you didn't really have CGI to, to, to right. rely on then. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, now if you do it, you could do it in motion capture. Yeah. You know, and, and still make that kind of thing happen. Right. Now, have you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, no, it's not. Wow. wow. And wow. he's your son? Really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm he struggling. Is or not. He's know. struggling. Yeah. He's struggling. Well, you did see a new film that was released uh, just recently called Blinded by the Light. Uh, it focuses on uh, the music. The Power of Words and Music, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, it's a film I've been looking forward to all summer, and uh, this summer we've had three really impressive films uh, that relate to music. We saw Rocket Man earlier uh, with the music of Elton John and the story of Elton John. We saw Yesterday uh, earlier in the summer that, that focused on the music and the impact of the music of the Beatles. Uh, and now we're looking at Bruce Springsteen. So Thomas, I, I want you to dive in a little bit, give us a little background on the story. And uh, then we'll give you uh, our take, our shared take on this film. Oh, uh, yeah. So you have this young man growing up in uh, Britain, and he's a first-generation British citizen, and he's actually of Pakistani descent. 
and his family is kind of still traditional Pakistani culture. Uh, but he's, you know, growing up in Britain, he's kind of trying to get more modernized into the Western culture and uh, everything that goes along with that. And he's kind of struggling to balance his loyalties to his family and his heritage and also uh, his loyalties to himself, basically. And, uh, and he, trying to find his way in the yeah, world. Yeah, um, and he's struggling a lot, especially in this time period with uh, there's a lot of racism and xenophobia in the area. Uh, this was, takes place in 1987 and uh, there's just a lot of really rough stuff going on and um, he's on the receiving end of that and it's really tough to watch but he kind of comes across this guy named Bruce Springsteen who has uh, <laughs> some pretty incredible music. This American from um, New Jersey yeah. and uh, if you listen to his lyrics and his words uh, they're basically anthems and odes to anybody that's going through a rough time and he's pretty amazed that he's able to identify with this American man's music. Yeah, some of the things that really amaze me is when you, you know, when he's first introduced from a friend of his uh, to this music, he's like, what does this guy got to offer me, you know, USA, right. what does he have to offer me? Right. But, but as you start seeing the lyrics come alive, literally come alive on screen, uh, Thomas and I watched this movie, we were the only two people in the theater on a Friday night. Really? Uh, on opening weekend which really blew me away. Yeah. And so we were able to, you know, like our living room or something, we were just talking kind of back and forth going, wow. But the things they, they this movie is a hybrid between a kind of a coming of age drama, um, um, a, a tribute to the words and music of Springsteen. It's got a, a musical element yeah, yeah. at times right. as well. It's, it's a hybrid film that's really hard to describe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like you're talking about, the words actually come on the screen uh, and the words kind of narrate the story as well, the lyrics of the song. So whatever situation that uh, the young man, his name is Javed, whatever he's going through, the lyrics and words of Springsteen commentate on what's going yeah. on with him and kind of guide him and inspire him or they're really cathartic for him in other instances. Um, and it's really interesting to see those just literally flash up on the screen. Yeah, and, it, and it's also got social commentary, political commentary. And uh, if, if I didn't know better, I would have thought that Cameron Crowe wrote this film. And, and it had that, that sensibility of somebody who understood music, who understood the power of lyrics, and who understood how they impact culture and humanity. It was really pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, I was just blown away. Uh, the first time I saw it, or right after I saw it, I was trying to figure out how I felt about it. Was I about an A minus, maybe a B plus? But the more I thought about it, it just kept growing on me. Uh, they packed a lot into the two hour runtime, yeah. and there's a lot to examine. Uh, but the more I think about it, for me, it's a solid A rating, and I'm really glad to check it out, and I'd gladly check it out again. Yeah, I'll check it out multiple times as well. It's one that's definitely rewatchable. -re um, and uh, it's a film that's probably not going to be around for a, for a long time. Because it doesn't sound like it if you do. Yeah, it's, it's not getting... That was um, opening weekend, too. Wasn't yeah, it? opening weekend. Yeah. So I, I, I highly recommend checking it out. A-plus for me. I don't give a lot of A-pluses, but um, I just I left the, the movie smiling, but also thinking, because it's a movie that, that has a lot to say. And you do find yourself wanting more. And it's, as I said, it's truly kind of an unconventional way of telling a story. So highly recommend Blinded by the Light uh, that is uh, in theaters. And you, now, did you see Rocket Man? 
Yes. Did you see yesterday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you need to see this because I know you're a But yeah, I've yet to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. I still haven't gotten there. Okay. And that seems to be the big money maker of those four. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it's followed um, by probably yesterday. I don't think Rocket Man did all that well. Did no, it? it really didn't. It was a perfectly good yeah. film. Yeah, I think so too. And I, as we you know wrap up the summer in a, um, a couple of weeks or so, we'll kind of give our uh, best of the summer. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you that there are going to be some music-related films on my best of sure. the summer. And I think Thomas is oh, kind definitely. of feeling the same way, which is nice. Uh, you know, there's you've got your blockbusters, of course, but to be able to find something that, you know, is a little different and, um, you know, engaging in, in, in a way, I like that. Do you have to be a big Springsteen's fan to appreciate it? No, not, not at all. Because I'm kind of a M. Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think that's what I really, really appreciated about it was, you know, even if you don't know anything about Springsteen, you're introduced to him as well as the character is. Yeah. And it's based on a true story. Oh. And so when you stick around, um, as the credits are rolling, you get to see the, the real people this was, was based on. Interesting. And um, there are some interesting things that happen. Um, Haley Atwell stars in this as well, yeah. Agent Carter from, um, yeah. you know, from the Captain America and the TV series. Uh, she's in this as his uh, English teacher, yeah. and uh, she realizes that this guy has a gift for writing, and she's really nurturing um, and uh, really help, uh, hoping he will pursue that. So just a wonderful film. Uh, it, it's one I highly, highly recommend. Uh, any final thoughts or comments? Uh, I think we pretty much covered Good it. Good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, uh, and we will be back um, after this uh, quick intermission to talk about the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, right here on C19 TV, right after this break. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. Hi, I'm Tim Foster from C19 TV. I'm Rob Brute from KTCBroadcasting.com. And I'm Fuvio Brooks from C19 TV Sports. Join us for Armchair Quarterback. What's in store on the gridiron in 2019? Can Shelby win a sixth 2A state title in seven years? Will Kings Mountain challenge for a Western 3A title? How will Burns handle the transition to 2A? And can Crest return to dominance in 3A? Every week we take a look at all four Cleveland County High School football teams. Southwestern 2A Conference foes Burns and Shelby and Big South Conference foes Crest and Kings Mountain. We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. Each week this season we'll be naming our armchair quarterback Jamming Jay's Pizza Factory Player of the Week. We will also break down the SEC. ACC and Gardner-Webb football. We'll also do the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Nobody covers Cleveland County High School football like armchair quarterback. Don't miss another great season right here on C19 TV. 
CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Well, welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning the second here, hanging out with uh, Greg Tillman. Greg Tillman over there beside camera one. That's right, Greg. Greg, Greg Tillman. It is. It really is. Thomas Manning over uh, here beside me to my right. And uh, back there on the Tim Cam, this week it is officially known as the Bill Cam. That's uh, Bill Harrelson. We're going to see if he can. There he, he is. Did he it. got he it. Got it that time. And, uh, and Elvis is looking over his shoulder, making sure he pushes the correct buttons. So we're very happy. That's going to spook him out. <laughs> very happy to have Bill Harrelson. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bill, for uh, making this what it is. I'm not sure what it is. I but, owe him now. But thank you anyway. Thank you anyway. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were going to talk about this film called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. This got this North Carolina connection. Uh, in many ways, the story takes place in North Carolina. Shia LaBeouf is in this. Dakota Johnson is in this. Uh, and there's a new young actor that Thomas is going to talk about who's in this as well. That It's his breakthrough role. The film was written for him. Uh, I got a chance to interview the uh, filmmakers, the, the co-writers and co-directors, and they've been trying to make this film for like 10 years. They met, uh, met this character, uh, this, this actor character, you know, real guy at a camp uh, for those that, uh, that have disabilities and for those that don't. And it's a way of kind of bridging the gaps between the two. And they really got to know this guy. What's his name? His name is uh, Zach Gotzigan, and uh, he has Down syndrome. I think he's in his 20s. And uh, so they wrote this role specifically for him, basically this whole story. And uh, he was he was outstanding. Um, you don't really see this representation that much in films. Um, usually, we have actors that really don't have disabilities, yeah. kind of playing those characters. Right. Uh, but this, we actually saw a man with Down syndrome, and he was simply amazing. He blew me away, and uh, it's yeah, it yeah, just completely warmed my heart. Watching yeah, the, the story takes place in North Carolina along the Outer Banks, and uh, Zach's character, um, his name is Zach in the in the yeah. movie as well, and. Uh, he is, uh, has to stay in a nursing home. They don't really have a facility that will, will help him, especially he's aged out of a certain system. So he's there. His roommate is Bruce Dern, uh, played by Bruce Dern, and um, Bruce kind of helps him plot and escape. Um, Zach's goal is to track down this guy named the Saltwater Redneck, yeah, yeah. who was a wrestler. Yeah, played by uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas yeah, Hayden yeah. Church. And uh, the Saltwater Redneck. Yeah, yeah, the Saltwater yeah, Redneck um, has got this wrestling camp. And so, you know, Zach loves wrestling, and so he wants to go to this wrestling camp. That's his goal, is to be a wrestler. Yeah, he's been watching this VHS tape for like 10 years, just <laughs> on loop. And, um, and then as the story progresses, you kind of find some more backstory about the saltwater redneck and what he's up to these days. But um, yeah, he escapes the nursing home, and uh, that's when he bumps into Shia LaBeouf's character, uh, Tyler. And uh, Tyler's kind of on the run himself from, uh, well, he's, 
He, you could call him a criminal in some ways. Uh, he, he's gotten mixed up in some things that he probably shouldn't have. Um, he's kind of worked on the docks, and uh, he's, he's kind of... Um, Taking advantage yeah, of some other people's yeah. crab traps, right, right. so to speak. So, um, and crab then, traps? Crab traps. You know, Catch catching, crabs. Catching crabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you got Tyler and Zach that come together. And Becomes a road trip. Yeah, it does. It's, um, it's a Mark Twain-esque type yeah, adventure very much so. and uh, it's really interesting to see the interaction between these two polar opposite characters and they learn a lot about each other and about themselves and really just about life in general and it's it's really uplifting it is dakota johnson stars as kind of the caseworker who is supposed to be keeping track of zach and then when he escapes she has to go track him down so she becomes the the kind of third companion on this road trip journey um, Shia LaBeouf during the filming of this, it was filmed in Savannah but takes place along the Outer Banks of North Carolina and they're searching for Aden, North Carolina which is where I spent you know, my early years uh, in Pitt County and so when I heard that pop up on the film I'm like I've never heard Aden, North Carolina ever before popping up and so that was pretty, pretty fun. Um, the reason it popped up is one of the filmmakers went to ECU and he wanted a small town uh, name and that was one that meant a lot to him with some good Eastern barbecue, Eastern Carolina barbecue. I, I felt that way about, uh, uh, well, what was the Kevin Spacey HBO series? I'm drawing a blank on it. House of Cards. Yeah. With Gaffney. With Gaffney, yeah, yep. when Gaffney pops up. Yeah. Gaffney? Same way. Yeah. Uh, but during the filming of this in Savannah, uh, Shia LaBeouf actually got into a little trouble with the law. But his relationship with Zach um, changed his life and kind of changed his perspective. and. Shia's acting oh is unreal he, in this movie. Yeah, his uh, character arc is amazing, and um, he perfectly captures his performance and what he's trying to do, and just a wide range of emotions yeah. that he is able to, um, you know, take care of, and it's it's outstanding. Yeah. Which Transformers are in this? Uh, let's see. There was Optimus. Uh, Op I Optimus. am Optimus Prime. <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was really just a fascinating uh, low-budget film that is well worth seeing. It is in limited theaters now, and uh, you know, I highly recommend it. I mean, the acting um, and also the, the adventure and kind of the way that North Carolina was portrayed, yeah. it all felt real, yeah. and I think it felt real because the, you know, the, one of the lead, uh, well, the, the co-writer and co-director knew the area, yeah. and he knew what he was going for. The, the, uh, the accents didn't feel forced, they felt real. You know, a lot of times when you have yeah. southern accents, Nothing they kind of extreme them. But uh, it was just a, a wonderful and uplifting film. Yeah, and the cinematography is really gorgeous as well. You have a lot of just beautiful frames uh, as they go on their adventures, like, you know, uh, sailing on lakes and rivers and walking through cornfields and that kind of thing. And um, beautiful sunsets and sunrises. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it shows off um, what's supposed to be North Carolina quite well. Not, not to get too political, but it's a shame that the filmmakers are from North Carolina. The film is set in North Carolina, yep. and they had to shoot it in yep. Georgia. Exactly, and, that, and that's what happened. I mean, that's that's exactly what happened with, with that film. But uh, the pacing for me was off a little bit, uh, not too horribly uh, to overshadow the great acting and just kind of this wonderful story. Uh, and and you know, Thomas Hayden Church has a limited role, but he is when you see him, he just kind of owns the screen. Yeah. Um, he's a heck of a lot of fun. I've, I've liked him going back to the days of Wings, Wings. the yeah. TV series. Yeah. 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 Rating? Um, 
It's a B plus. Um, the ending kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, it just kind of feels like they could have even developed that plot point more. Yeah, I agree. But um, still, it's probably one of my, as far as my personal favorites, probably in the top five of my personal favorites of the year. You just got to watch it just uh, for the warm feelings it'll give you. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's, just, it's just simply charming. Uh, solid B for me. Uh, the pacing and kind of that abrupt ending took it down just a little bit for me. But the movie is called The Peanut Butter Falcon. I uh, highly recommend uh, checking that out if you get a chance. Looking forward to it, maybe? Yeah, I am. Yeah. All right, I'm assuming well, uh, it's going to come here. Yeah, well, we'll uh, see. It, it's yes. like, uh, I think it's showing up as one of the AMC artisan films. And so okay. with that, uh, you know, we get some. I mean, the... Uh, yeah, we've gotten some things that yeah, have surprised me. Yeah, the Bernadette film yeah. with uh, Kate Blanchett is actually out yeah. uh, here in, in, um, in Shelby now. And Blinded by the Light, I was actually surprised that we got that as well. Yeah. Well, reviews from the vault, uh, we've got just a, a couple minutes to talk about that. Thomas, for the first time ever, got a chance to see The Abyss. The movie The Abyss is 30 years old this summer. It was released it's hard to believe. 30 years old, uh, 30 years ago this summer. You got a chance to check out the film and the one-hour documentary, so four hours of James Cameron oh, and yeah. The Abyss. Give us some of your thoughts. Yeah. It's an incredibly engaging story. It's basically a sci-fi drama, a love story, and it's like a claustrophobic horror thriller and then a social and political commentary just all roll, rolled up into one. And you, and and before, we, you did watch the special edition. I did. Which the, is uh, James, James Cameron's version that he wanted to have in theaters. Yeah, the director's cut has like 30 extra minutes, and uh, the behind-the-scenes documentary is called uh, Under Pressure, the Making of the Abyss. And he kind of goes into the, in that documentary, he kind of goes into how the studio made him cut out some things and made, made him cut down the runtime because, you know, a three-hour movie is um, not exactly drawing drawing in crowds uh, especially so, in 89 yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so uh, he had to cut out about 30 minutes and uh, the theatrical cut probably wouldn't didn't land as uh, hard as it would with some other people uh, I know you, we kind of talked about that how you kind of walked away thinking well I know it was a technical marvel it was beautiful but some of these plot points what, are the, what yeah. were the yeah. we, we yeah. felt the same yeah. way I yeah, mean yeah. it was just amazing to watch mm -hmm. what they were doing the acting was solid the production design or art design at that time was really incredible but the story just was like, what? Yeah. yeah. But when you watch the director's cut, it all comes together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you definitely watch the director's cut. Uh, but visually, uh, technically, it's one of the most impressive films I've ever seen. Uh, it was actually filmed in Gaffney, South Carolina, just a few miles south of us here in Shelby. And um, it's they used this abandoned nuclear facility. Owned by and, Earl Owensby. Yeah, right. yeah, Earl Owensby out of Shelby. And um, they filled up this massive tank with like 70 million gallons of water, I believe, and um, then amazing. used this like... Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, this, it really is. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, the practical yeah. aspects of what yeah. they did. You yeah. know, they didn't use green screen. Okay. Uh, they they shot underwater. Underwater. Yeah. Um, they would basically spend the whole day underwater. They had to black out the sun, basically, with a tarp and these black beads, like, on top of the water. And then it got to the point where that tarp was like breaking and ripping and they couldn't use it anymore. So then they had to, had to film throughout the entire night. And um, they would be filming like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, and it was an incredibly dangerous shoot yeah. as well. Uh, you had Ed Harris almost drowned. Yeah, yeah, um, heard, yeah. there were some close yeah. calls. And, so it was, um, it was, yeah, I mean, and I, we're about out of time. Okay. But, so um, you recommend the documentary as well as the, the DVD itself? Oh, certainly, yeah, you gotta watch the documentary to get a 
deeper appreciation for the technical marvel that it is. Uh, so yeah, it was nominated for four Oscars and won one, one visual effects, and uh, just simply outstanding. And so, uh, first time ever seeing it, what is your rating for it, even with it being 30 years old? Uh, a plus. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, very good. Uh, the Abyss, uh, the review from The Vault, uh, 30 years ago, released in theaters. Uh, we do appreciate you uh, spending time with us. You can email us, info at c19.tv. That's info at c19.tv. And we may or may not respond to you, depending on if uh, Greg checks the email. Um, or if Tim knows which button to push, uh, or Bill, for Bill, that matter. It's Bill. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's Bill. It's Bill. It's Bill. Well, the uh, I did have a yeah, movie. Bill, speaking of which button to push, let's go back to the logo there. Logo? Get wait, away from yeah, the Yeah, go back to the Meet Me the Movies logo. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't know. Yeah, there, there it is. All right. All, right, all right. Now, we are going to do a quote <laughs> of the week. Did you load the quote of the week graphic by chance, possibly? You did not. I'll take care of it later. Okay, Don't quote of the week. Uh, this week, uh, I was going to give you a quote from The Abyss, but Thomas showed me one from Blinded by the Light, so I'll let... Thomas, take over and give us the quote of the week. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is from Javed, the main character in Blinded by the Light. And uh, he says, my dream is to build a bridge to my dreams, but not a wall between my family and me. So I think that that's really, something we can all live by. <laughs> yeah, and that definitely speaks to what the film was trying to right. say in that quote. So as always, we do appreciate uh, Greg Tillman. We appreciate uh, Tim, even though he's on a, a boat, and Bill for uh, tag teaming. Uh, with him and Thomas Bill, Bill did over great. there. Bill did just yeah, fine. Bill did great. Yeah, yeah, and Thomas, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. And uh, for all of our audiences out there, uh, all of our audiences, uh, for, for the people out there that choose to spend time with us, uh, thank you. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, and keep we don't the emails, understand it. But we appreciate keep the emails coming, John Rudisold, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're the one that we count on. So until next time, I'm Noel T. Man of the Second for Meet Me the Movies. That's a wrap. <laughs>